This is Heather White, and you are listening to the Authenticity Addicts Podcast, the place where it is safe to be an addict, because what we're obsessed with is our life's truth. up authenticity addicts it's heather white it's episode four of the authenticity addicts podcast thank you for listening thank you for subscribing if you're not subscribed yet get over to itunes or to blueberry.com and you can subscribe for uh, either your apple device or your android all devices are included and welcomed and loved love to have you Um, but if you're subscribed then you'll never miss an episode you'll get a little uh, reminder that pops up on your phone and uh, an alert that there's a new episode available and um, please share it amongst your friends and family. If you think somebody would love listening to these uh, conversations, I'd love for you to invite them to be a part of the community. Today, I've got an exciting show, uh, super practical show today. Really wanted to kind of come up for air, took a deep dive the last couple of episodes, but I wanted to bring it back to practicality. I love deep dive conversations about spiritual growth and the evolution of our soul and nothing less than the... Uh, actualization of the greatest potentials in our life and I really do I really want nothing less than for each and every one of us to self-actualize to tap into that potential inside and and really be able to live it to the fullest experiencing nothing less than why we came each and every one of us we had an individual purpose I really believe that and we wanted to experience what this third dimensional planet earth had to offer us in all its glory and uh, to awaken to the idea that we're a creative mechanism within ourselves. Life's not happening to us, but through us and that we are a co-creative component or that we can be a co-creative and cooperative component to this incredible sort of evolving, uh, expanding expression of the more spiritual or energetic essence of ourselves. But that all said, you know, let's talk practicality for a bit today. And these are kind of five practical steps or tips Uh, Again, taking a a very linear approach to a few things, which is, you know, totally not like me. So it's great. It's great to jump into the linear seat for a moment. I came up with five, you know, sort of steps to accelerate your authenticity, if you will. And the first one is, you will have heard all these before, I'm sure. You know, I have a license to brag about all these ideas because none of them are mine. All the teachers that I've had along the way, um, you know, nod to all all of them. I stand on the shoulders of hundreds of those before me that have you know, walk the path and learn the lessons and offer them back and teachings to us. And I've been so privileged to study from so many of them, whether it's been formally or informally. Um, but here we go. This is amazing. I was still actually working in corporate sales and my client invited me to go to this event uh, where Jack Canfield was the, um, was the lecturer. <laughs> and so we head off to this event where we have VIP tickets and it's very exciting. You know, so we're in this special area of the audience and Jack Canfield comes on the stage. If you hadn't, haven't seen him or you don't know Jack, he's he wrote uh, The Success Principles. He also was probably most famous for his co-authorship of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Very popular lecturer in the uh, areas of personal transformation. And so he strolls onto the stage and he gets up to the mic and he says, uh, so let me guess, you had a shitty childhood. I can't remember if he said shitty or crappy, but I, I say it. that's how I tell it. That's how I remember it. <laughs> Perception is reality, right? And I had like an inner gasp because here I am, I'm with my client and I'm thinking to myself, how the hell does she know that? 
you know, and I'm starting to panic thinking, what exactly did this brochure say again? You know, was this like crappy childhood anonymous group or something? I didn't, I didn't know where I was all of a sudden and I'm having an inner sort of catastrophic panic attack. But then he goes on to give a lecture about personal responsibility. You know, the next question he says, all right, so what are you going to do about it now? And it's so simple, right? And, you know, I'm sure you can reflect on these moments in your own life. It's, it's like you knew, but you, you just weren't being your knowing. Sure, I'd heard the idea. I mean, I was in sales for crying out loud. I knew about a lot of these concepts and I had studied Zig Ziglar and I definitely heard the language before, but it was not until it was put through the context of my childhood that it really hit me. Kind of felt like a bit of a two by four to the head, especially when he went on to say like, so what are you going to do about it now? It was a real realization that I had really gotten stuck inside that story. It had been, you know, a really big crutch for me for many, many years, was to be inside of the difficult childhood story. You know, that was a real TSN turning point in my life. And when I reflect on that concept as it relates to the journey of the authenticity addict, I have to bring in the the wisdom that my coach, Willie Carter, brought to me at one point where she said to me, you know, Heather, responsibility is just quite simply your ability to respond. And she's always been a huge advocate for taking the next step. I have a tendency to be, I'm very big picture. I can overwhelm myself with, you know, going too far down the path and and then talking myself out of doing anything because I can't see how to take thir- step 37, you know. And she's been such an advocate and, and just a partner for me in, in bringing it back to the basics with the awareness that responsibility fundamentally is your ability to respond. And your ability to respond has to do with what you can do right now. And right now is just about taking the next step. So it's coming back to the awareness of your personal power, your power to create, your power to shift, your power to change. And then it's just taking the next step in that direction. And so, you know, again, when we're talking about the journey of the authenticity addict and we're talking about setting this intention around, you know, expanding into your potentiality, that's going to bring up anything It's basically like the first thing that happens is you get what I call the spiritual flu. Like all your shit comes to the surface. You know, I'm sure those of you listening that are on the journey, right? You know what this is like. At first we get all excited because it's, you know, it's all about potential and our opportunity to, you know, have have an incredible life experience. I mean, that's what we're after here. So at first we're excited, you know, it's going to be rainbows and pixie dust and unicorns. and, And the first thing that happens is we get smacked with the spiritual flu where all our stuff comes to the surface because essentially what we're doing is we're up leveling so by nature everything that's not a vibrational match to the up level has to come to the surface for transmutation for release for letting go for surrender for forgiveness lots of ways to process that stuff but inevitably it's going to come to the surface Um, and so for me again you know i was inside of an inquiry about about potential certainly we're going back over a decade ago now when i'm sitting in that audience but i was certainly inside of some inquiry about it And so here comes, you know, the spiritual flu by way of awareness that it's time to let go of the old story, the old story about having a difficult childhood that was my excuse for not being able to expand into the person that I could sense I was inside. And so, again, it's like taking 100% responsibility. It's a ruthless concept. It's a practice, not not a point uh, on the grid. It's not a, it's not a box you check. It's something that we're constantly in practice on. It's really the recognition of your co-creative or cooperative, uh, energy within yourself to create your life experience. And it's the willingness to exercise that ability to respond. So when you, when you 
have this, these awarenesses that, that come to you, um, you know, where things are out of, out of match or out of alignment with who you're, who you're moving into being. Um, it's recognizing that you have the ability to respond to those things. And there, there's a plethora of ways we have to respond. You know, sometimes we're responding to emotion, right? And so we have to have ways to process emotion. Um, again, something not regularly taught. You know, I had to seek out a lot of teachers to be able to find practices and tools and techniques that created the capacity for me to feel my feelings. Because one thing you, you do definitely do learn is, <laughs> There's no, there's no bypass to the feelings. <laughs> you got to go through them. Um, and oftentimes, you know, the, because the, their feeling, the feeling of the feelings is so overwhelming, um, there's a reason why we got stuck there, right? We didn't have the capacity to process them. And so we kind of took a bypass route. But when we really want to evolve through the nature of our authenticity, we're talking about a holistic approach. There's no bypass. So you basically have to kind of go through all the stuff you didn't get to go through the first time because you didn't know how to go through it. And so that's one way responsibility shows up. Sometimes it's like really practical changes that need to be made. Again, it's just recognizing that you have the ability to respond. The second point is this idea that clarity comes from contrast. I think it's really interesting. We live in this planet of duality, this consensual reality of third dimensional duality, right? There's up and down and right and left and there's really nothing that exists in our you know reality space that doesn't have an equal and opposite and so it's a really interesting thing our brains you know and again i need to throw a caveat in here i'm not i'm not a neuroscientist by any means i'm just fascinated i'm fascinated by anything that can help um and i know that in a really primal sense our brains are wired for survival so what does that tell you? Well, we're, we're wired to notice like what's wrong, what's out of place. Um, and so that has led for us to, you know, survive and evolve as a species up until now. But like anything, what got us here often becomes the very thing that stops us from getting there, right? Getting to the next level. And so, you know, our brains noticing and spotting contrast or what's out of place or what's not right or what's undesirable is not helpful when we're inside of an inquiry about authentic expansion. However, it is helpful as a bouncing off point. It is helpful when you can use contrast to create clarity. So what I mean by that is that, for example, you know, if I sit down with someone, I say, you know, tell me about your dream life. You know, there's a lot of radio silence. On the contrary, if I sit down and start talking to somebody about what the gaps are or what's not working or what they're done with, what they're frustrated by, what they're just pissed off about, what keeps them up at night, people can talk for a long time when you start inquiring uh, down that line of thinking. And the reason is, again, because we're wired to spot all that stuff. But we're ready for a new conversation, which is how do we take that contrast and leverage it into creating clarity, right? Because the thing is, if you can identify contrast, that means that the clarity is very close. Like you're like a one degree shift. I often get people to do what I call the contrast to clarity exercise. So it'd be like, you know, any think of anything you know what I don't want what I don't like what's frustrating me any of those ideas right there that's kind of the idea of contrast so you know make a list of everything that's frustrating you right now or make a list of you know all the biggest gaps you feel you have in the various areas of your life what's not working and people can write and talk for a long time on those kinds of topics and then you know I'll get them to draw a line down the middle of the page and then we'll start brainstorming so what's the opposite of that you know so what am I done with you know I'm done with I got one. What am I done with? I'm done with winters in Vancouver. Okay, I live in Vancouver. It's beautiful here. And, you know, no offense to Vancouver, but I'm a, I'm a real sunflower. 
um, not a fern. I don't really thrive in this uh, <laughs> this kind of rainforesty, wet climate. You know, it rains. I don't know, 150 days a year or something like that here. And then, you know, in the wintertime, it's it's dark and it's rainy and sun, sometimes we can go days and weeks without seeing the sun. So I'm done with that. And so, you know, using the same idea, what's my ability to respond? So I'm done with dark, cloudy, etc. So what's the contrast to that? You know, I want sun, I want warmth, I want the daylight, I want time outdoors. I want to be able to, um, you know, getting into specifics. I love to be able to start my day outdoors. You know, it's one of my favorite things to do. So I start brainstorming the clarity around that and backing it up a step further. It's like, okay, what's my ability to respond to that? You know, and so again, my tendency is be big picture. I'm like, I just want to move to California, <laughs> right? But that's that's step 136, <laughs> right? So uh, this is why I love having my own coach in my corner, right? So bringing it back to to basics, right? So what, what could be my next step? So I've used contrast to create clarity. I've used what I don't want to start to spin into uh, having a conversation about what I do want. And I'm going to lean on my ability to respond to start to take the next steps. And so for me, you know, those next steps have looked very practical, like where in California am I going to go? And uh, how can I go down there more often? This inquiry actually started quite a few years ago, you know, so I've spent the last few years spending more and more time in California, spending more and more time in certain areas in California that are becoming more and more desirable. Again, you know, going down, getting what I don't want, figuring out what I do want, booking the next trip, figuring it out, staying longer, um, going down more often, etc. Right. So these are all next steps along the journey versus when I first started this, I was really trapped inside of a story that it was impossible for me to do this. And so there was like this low grade sadness and suffering because I, I, I wasn't able to see how to move to California. So I was way too far down the path. As a result of that, you know, I, I basically was mourning the loss of ever being able to make that shift. Right. And so through the help of, of some guidance, <laughs> some very wise guidance to bring it back, I've been able to really start to create um, next steps and next steps and next step. There's been a tremendous amount of abilities within my capacity to respond that have started to expand that for me in terms of becoming, you know, more and more of a possibility. And just like every desire that we have, you know, that particular lineage of desire has helped tremendously bringing up all kinds of stuff that was a non-vibrational match to that reality. And so from that perspective, it's this total spiritual cleanup. You know, whether it results in me moving or living in California, I'm yet to know. <laughs> what I do know, what I can tell you, is that I have spent more time in sunny, warm climates in the last number of years than I probably did for the first 30 years of my life. And I have gotten more and more clarity. And uh, just because I've been doing that doesn't mean it's all been rainbows uh, and unicorns. I've gotten lots of contrast um, from, from the experiences that I've said yes to. So again, I've been able to use that contrast to create more and more clarity. It's really hard to sit in isolation and try to um, color in the lines of your dream. What you need to do is figure out like how many lines can you get to kind of shade the somewhat of an image and then get into movement, get into action, because that's ultimately what's going to be able to start to bring some technicolor to, to the dreams and the desires that you have. The next uh, point on my little ways to accelerate your authenticity is the idea of not second guessing your intuition. 
Um, now, I think you're probably picking up on this already. These are practices. <laughs> these are not holy grails. These are not boxes we check. These are practices that we get into. And I'm the first to tell you I fall off the pedestal of this all the time. Here's the thing about intuition, right? A lot of people have this misconception that your intuition is something you have to develop or something that you have to hone or practice. We practice perhaps, but it's more about practicing listening to it and trusting it than anything. Your intuition is like your digestion or your respiratory system. It's fully developed. It's absolutely working. It's on, it's ready, it's uh, responding. One of the ways you can sort of sharpen the, um, the communication of your intuition is through setting intention because your intuition really responds to intention. So what I mean by that is if, if you kind of have a general intention like, send me a sign, <laughs> they're, they're, the signs will be there, but it's like the, it's, it would be like tuning into the radio frequency of, of uh, you know, just radio airwaves, not necessarily to the channel that a particular radio station is programmed into, right? So it, it's kind of like it's there, but you're not able to really receive because the energy that it is vibrating in and the energy that you're vibrating in is not a match. And so it's, it's almost impossible. So it's not that your intuition is not responding. It's just that the lines of communication are not sort of opened in that way. Now, um, that being said, uh, I firmly believe there's ways to you know, develop further uh, capacities for listening to your intuition so that analogy would be irrelevant. In other words, you would be able to tune into the so-called radio frequency signal and hear exactly what you needed to hear, regardless of whether it was a pre-programmed radio station or not. But for those of us that are kind of new, newer along the journey of uh, listening, trusting, and acting on our intuition, work with me with this analogy. So you set the intention, which is basically like knowing what the dial station needs to be, kind of opens this lineage of communication that is not just a radio frequency wave, but it is programmed to a certain dial. And then your intuition starts responding to that. So you kind of have this more specific channel open. But I don't know about you, but I know for me anyway, and many people that I've worked with, we have this tendency because we're so rationally programmed, so left brain programmed, we have this tendency to override our intuition and to a great detriment to ourselves, I might add. I don't know about you, but uh, I can think of many, many times where I have not listened to that initial moment of intuition and have suffered the consequences of that lack of trust. And the really crazy thing is that, you know, you have your own kind of mechanism or awareness around what your intuition feels like. We all do. It, it, for each and every one of us, it's different. I think there's some common themes, you know, I think feeling the sensation of almost like a goosebump kind of feeling or like a wave of energy that comes over you, things of that nature. You know, I've, I've experienced myself many times. It's one of the ways I experience intuition and I've heard other people refer to it that way. But I think what's more important is that you start to hone in and listen to what your intuition feels like and maybe what it sounds like right or maybe again like I think there's more than one way for intuition to communicate with us but what I will say is that if you can get into a practice of listening to it you're going to really reap the benefits of that you know instead of the rational override now that with the caveat of like have compassion for yourself especially if you're new to practicing trusting your intuition you know when you don't and you experience the negative side effects of that just be gentle right it's okay you just start again tomorrow this whole thing is a game anyways remember that this is supposed to be fun <laughs> and funny you've got to find the cosmic comedy in the whole thing otherwise it just it's all too much you know as a as a kind of a high level point of reference i would say just don't second guess your intuition if you can at all help it some doorways seem to open up for us uh, in ways we could have never rationally or linearly planned for them to open. 
when we're inside of an intention and our intuition is responding to that intention, if we can have the courage to act on it, we can really expedite the manifestation of that inquiry, that intention, I'd say exponentially versus trying to rationally sort of deduce our way through. Um, not that that doesn't work. I think it does, but it's just slower and more cumbersome and painful. And the other point I wanted to say is this idea of making no apologies. I think it's, I'm, I'm Canadian, so I'll just say that. <laughs> We're notorious for being apologetic. But again, I don't think a person, you know, enters uh, into an inquiry about authenticity or ends up on a podcast like this without having cultivated a, a really um, high degree of empathy and awareness. You know, we, we're, we're usually you know, highly sensitive, very, you know, intuitively grounded in a way, uh, people that are interested in these conversations of spirituality and soul and expansion and authenticity and contribution and soul call and, you know, healing and cleaning up our childhood wounds and upgrading our belief systems and letting go of old stories, you know. So as a result of that, I think, you know, we're often very highly conditioned to empathetic beings. And so one of the big pitfalls for us to watch for is that when we start doing some of the things I'm talking about, right, like setting intentions and taking responsibility and using contrast to create clarity and trusting your intuition and courageously acting on it, is you can create adverse reactions from those around you and that triggers those deep wounds right of us not wanting to be kicked out of the tribe because that was at one time a very detrimental thing to happen to a human being is to be kicked out of the tribe that was basically the end of life so that's going to trigger some stuff and also just again if you have any of those old habits pleasing people pleasing right making again usually when people are highly intuitive and highly empathetic we're very good at knowing what everybody else needs and wants and we often are stuck inside a false premise of not enoughness and so we over function and we overdo and overproduce and look after everybody else around us and so you cannot you legitimately cannot go down a journey of authenticity addiction and be a people pleaser at the same time you just don't have enough capacity furthermore because i think it's rooted in a false premise you know when we're people pleasing we're taking responsibility for stuff that's not even ours anyways and we're basically taking a kind of a mitigated easy way out versus dealing with feelings of disappointing people or whatever it might be so again uh, referencing the need for us to have tools to feel our feelings and process them without over functioning or over doing things to make everybody else around us feel good but this idea of not making an apology for for designing your life on the outside to match who you are on the inside it's really important that you see this through the lens that there is a benevolence to this path everybody wins they might not know they're winning right because it depends on where they're sitting in their own consciousness but everybody ultimately wins when you say yes to your authenticity when you say yes to your soul when you say yes to your potentiality you say yes to taking the next steps along the path of activating courageously the intuition that comes to you as a result of of asking about stepping into your soul path Everybody is going to benefit from that. All of humanity is going to benefit from that. That is, you know, what you're talking about there is the evolution of consciousness. And the more conscious we are, the more love and light we are offering this world. So our, you know, our brothers and sisters on the human journey are going to benefit from that. So it's really important that you know that you don't have to apologize or feel bad or guilty uh, about going on this journey. So just, again, cultivating that, that perspective that this is something that is both selfish and ultimately selfless.
it is the greatest offering you can give both to your own life experience and therefore to all of us because of the place where we're all joined and connected to the journey of the authenticity addict. So that's today's episode. You know, four practices to be inside of that really accelerate your authenticity. The practice of taking responsibility, ruthlessly taking 100% responsibility, trusting in your ability to respond and bringing it back to just the next step. The practice of letting clarity come through contrast, you know, letting yourself bounce off the trampoline of contrast to come to the conclusions of clarity. Uh, The practice of trusting and courageously acting on your intuition and the practice of allowing yourself no apologies. So I guess a a positive way of saying that is allowing yourself the permission to be on this journey um, and to trust that it's, it's benevolent and a benefit to all. Episode four, the Authenticity Addicts podcast. Thanks for listening.